Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is very excited for the Call of Duty game to come out this week, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite, quite well. You are 100% right. I have been waiting months for this upcoming Friday, October 28th. I am so excited uh, for this game to come out. I, I've just been waiting so long. I will be streaming a lot this upcoming weekend. So if you want to, you know, tune into a little stream, uh, twitch.tv backslash sbravens, you'll, you'll have a good time. Uh, Trevor, you're going to tune in, right? Yeah, I'll tune in at some point, you know, to come in and, I don't know, uh, bash on your your play or something. I'll find a way mm-hmm. to criticize, like, oh, yeah. like, or I'll say, like, oh, I use a sniper. I don't, I don't know what I'll do. Yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate all criticism. Uh, there won't be much to give, though, because uh, it's top-tier gameplay only over on that channel. Um, but look, we're not here to talk about Call of Duty. We're here to talk about sports. Uh, unfortunately, we are without the third member of our podcast, Ben O'Brien. Uh, but he'll be back next week. Uh, at least I hope. Um, okay, all right, let's start it off here. We, we got, you know, it's interesting. I, I feel like when we're in this season, we have three sports, main sports going on right now. We have another two or three, you know, alternative sports, uh, either getting set up or also active. Um, and Trevor, we somehow have found ourselves to have, like, a weird setup of an episode, you know? Yeah, like, I, I mean... Like yeah, I mean, these months, like October, November, December, when you have... It's, and we're about to get college basketball here in the next yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Then uh-huh. it's going to be Very even soon. more... It's going to be even more difficult here in about three weeks from now when college basketball starts. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because, like, somehow we have, like, kind of a shorter episode today, but at the same time, we don't... I don't know. It's weird. Look, we'll get right into it. Let's start with college football. Um, and obviously, we had some games happen yesterday, as they do on Saturdays. Um, and Trevor, a relatively uninteresting week. I mean, we almost saw Syracuse pull off an upset. Um, we saw LSU top Ole Miss uh, by a lot, forty-five to twenty. But besides that, uh, it was kind of a quiet college football week. Yeah, and I think it was a quiet. And I think part of us saying that it's a quiet week because I like the I I felt like that as well was just because of how great the the past week was with with the Tennessee upset and you know all the other upsets we had. I think that's part of it. It's like, oh, you get this really great week, really great Saturday in college football, and then the next one uh, doesn't live up to it. It's like a little, I don't know, it's it's like a little bit of a letdown um, in a sense. But nevertheless, you know, I, I do think that this college football season overall has been better than past years, I think. I think there is, again, obviously the recruiting differences between some of these top teams and the other ones, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, uh, well, Texas a and another one, although it doesn't always translate to on-the-field performance. But, you know, there's such an inequity in, like, some of these top teams, right? But uh, th- at least for this season, and it might just be temporary, but I think it's been better. Not as great as I would like it to be, but it's been better. So I will say that. As far as the games that we saw yesterday, the one big upset that we saw was LSU beating Ole Miss. Ole Miss, who was ranked... Uh, seventh, seventh in the country. They were undefeated at the time, uh, and then LSU beat them yesterday. Pretty, pretty bad too. Forty-five to twenty. Uh, they they went and scored uh all of the tw- all twenty-eight points in the second half. Uh, they <laughs> outscored in the second half, twenty-eight to zero. So big second half for LSU there to end up kind of a little bit of demolition of Ole Miss. Uh, just some other ones you kind of touched on. Clemson being Syracuse, uh, another big win by Clemson. You know, Clemson, they're still undefeated. They are 8-0, but 
you know, they're they're kind of squeezing these games out. They're not they don't have a ton of convincing wins. If they do have convincing wins, they're usually against teams that, you know, aren't good. But when they play other teams, they're not having they don't really have a statement win, I don't think. You know, Syracuse is a good team, but they're not a great team. Um, you know, Wake Forest was a, they were a solid team for sure, but Clemson's they're squeezing out these games here, and I think that's kind of the difference maybe between Clemson and and you look at like an Ohio State maybe where they're you know annihilating. So and I get you can say well Ohio State third schedule hasn't been quite as tough. I agree, hasn't been quite as tough, but I just think Clemson. You look at them, you compare it to a Tennessee and Alabama. Um, well, I don't know. Tennessee's a tricky one, but I just don't know if Clemson's proven as much as some of these other teams have. Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable to to put out. And you see that we had a uh, DJ. I'm not gonna pronounce his last name, but the starting quarterback Clemson was taken out. Uh, you know, towards the end of this game in the third quarter. Um, and they ended up coming back. And obviously, you know, Dabo came out at the end of the game. It's like, nope, he's still our guy. Nobody worry. Um, but it is interesting to to see this and have you know Clemson kind of like somehow on the rocks, but at the same time they're eight and zero. It's just like very weird to 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 see. Um, and I, I think Clemson's good, but you're 100 percent right. They're they're not in the same realm as Ohio State. They just aren't. Ohio State has way 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 too much talent for Clemson. Um, I think I, you know what I really hope, Trevor, uh, I really hope Michigan gets a chance to play Clemson in a bowl game. I kind of need one of both of them to, to lose a game for that to happen. Cause I think that'll really kind of put the perspective of how good Michigan actually is. You know, Michigan wins that game. It's more like, okay, maybe they are like, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth best team and Clemson's more like, okay, maybe they're a little bit overhyped. Um, so I would love to see that game come to fruition, but you know, look, we'll have to, we'll have to see with that. Uh, any other kind of college football headline you wanted to talk about? Again, it was kind of like a, a softer week in college football. Yeah, I guess another big one we can mention, Oregon gets a big win against UCLA at oh, home. Yeah. Bo Nix, big game for him. Five touchdown passes, played very well. Uh, yeah, 45-31 there, I guess. You know, that's the, the biggest one. Oklahoma State also, big one over Texas. So, you know, those are just some of the ones that stood out. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. All right, well, I guess we'll we'll move along here. Um, I'm sure, well, let's see. Do we have any entertainment? I mean, I don't know if there's going to be. Oh, yeah, next week we got Michigan, Michigan State, Trevor. And you know what? I said this before the podcast, okay? And I'll stand by this. I'm I'm a pretty pessimistic person involving sports, right? Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, so, I You definitely are with the Ravens. I have to like be like, you know what, Brandon? No, I, I think the Ravens are pretty good. And you're like, nah, nah, they're not very good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm putting my money where my mouth is here, all right? I think next week's Michigan-Michigan State game, Michigan will destroy Michigan State. At the very least, they'll win, but I think they'll destroy them. And if they don't, okay, next Sunday or Monday when I stream, Trevor, I will eat a hot wing on stream. All right. I, I will eat, and you can pick out the hot wing from any place local to me. You can pick it out. I will eat it on stream if Michigan loses to Michigan State. That is how confident I am that Michigan is going to blow them out of the water. Because this Michigan State team sucks. They are terrible. And I have a lot of faith in in my Wolverines in this specific game. Other games, not so much. Uh, and I definitely want to take the same deal with Ohio State. Um, but in, in terms of this game, Michigan is going to blow them out of the water, and I'm calling it here before the game happens. I almost forgot to do it, Trevor. I'm going to be honest with you. I almost forgot. <laughs> um, 
But yet, um, we'll have to see with that. Hopefully, I'm not eating a hot wing. All right, let's keep on moving along here. Um, and of course, we had the NBA startup this week, Trevor. This is like this is like Christmas time for you. Um, oh yeah. And your birthday all packed into one. Um. So we've had roughly three games played by everyone. I mean, some a little less, I think, maybe two, but three games is kind of the max. Uh, as we did start mm-hmm. on Tuesday, correct, Trevor? Tuesday was the yes. uh, starting point. Correct. Um, so what what has caught your eye so far? Uh, obviously, very very early storylines, uh, but what has caught your eye about the NBA? Uh, where teams sit? How some players are doing so far? Yeah, so just a few of my NBA first impressions. I have three main ones that I want to mention. Um, the first one being, uh, you know, I watched a little bit of the Lakers game when they played Golden State, caught a little bit of the highlights from the Clippers game, and saw how, you know, that kind of went. Obviously, the Lakers are 0-2 to start. And for me, you know, the biggest thing I want to mention is just with Russell Westbrook, obviously, he he didn't have a very good start this season. Obviously, his his first game statistically... Uh, was really solid. The second game, quite the opposite. It was very bad. He was 0 of 11 from the field in the second game. Uh, did play hard on defense, you know, did give a lot of effort, seemed to do well on defense. But for me, it's just like, we just need to get Russ out of Los Angeles for everyone in, for everyone involved. For him, I think the situation is horrible for Russ. It's the worst possible basketball situation for him to be in. It doesn't make sense for him. It puts him in a bad light. Um, and then from the Lakers perspective, obviously him as a fit with LeBron doesn't make any sense. And for the fans, for Laker fans, for people who don't care if the Lakers are good or not, like myself, who are just neutral, like this isn't good for anyone. I'm someone who has always been a fan of Russell Westbrook's game. I like to see him do well. I loved watching him all those years in OKC, especially after Durant left in that MVP season. It was just incredible uh, from night to night basis what he would do, um, you know, on both sides of the floor. And his game has declined significantly. He is now 32, 33 years old. He's not even close to the same player he once was. Um, but we need to get him out of LA because I do still think if he goes to a different situation, um, you know, it it would at least be better than it is in Los Angeles. Now he still does need to learn, um, certain things about like how his game should evolve as he gets into his, uh, mid thirties here. He's not quite the same athlete. He's still a really good athlete, but he's not, uh, like this insanely explosive player that he once was, his shooting has gotten even worse. Um, and when, and his shooting's gotten even worse, he still takes these, uh, jump shots, you know, people, defenders sag off him, let him take these open jumpers and he still continues to take them. He, he shouldn't be doing that. So get Russ out of Los Angeles. The second one is with, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers have been really interesting to watch in the first two games. Um, because Joel Embiid hasn't really been that great. I know he had a better game last night against the Spurs. I think he had 40 points, 13 rebounds. He had a big rebound. But in the two games where that were nationally televised, where we saw Embiid against the Celtics and then against the Bucks, he underperformed. He wasn't very good. When they played the Bucks, Brooke Lopez defended him for a lot of possessions. Brooke Lopez really uh, significantly limited Joel Embiid. He guarded him very well. Uh, Joel Embiid settled for a lot of jump shots. He, he wasn't playing very well. It was James Harden who led the rally back um, against the Bucks to almost bring them back. So there's kind of like two first impressions, and one of them's like, is Joel Embiid, like, struggling? Is he, Why isn't he coming out of the gate playing really well? He's struggling. And then the other one in conjunction is James Harden. Is he back? Like, 
did all the off-season training, him getting into shape, is he back? You know, so those are kind of the two things with the Sixers in conjunction. And then the final one is with the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz have started off uh, 2-0 and when everyone basically is predicting that they will be in the running for the number one pick, the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, they will be tanking. But the Utah Jazz are 2-0 and uh, with wins against the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So really good start for Utah. Um, particularly, I found a lot of enjoyment out of seeing Colin Sexton play very well against the Denver Nuggets. I love Colin Sexton. I think he's arguably the most underrated player in the whole league in the NBA. Um, Mm -hmm. so seeing him play well in that first game in particular against Denver, uh, was good. And they have other good players like Laurie Markkinen, Mike Conley, um, you know, Jordan Clarkson. Like if, if the Utah Jazz want to tank, they need to get rid of some of these guys because I think their roster is too good for it. So I I have a couple questions for you, Trevor. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts, obviously very, very, very early. Who do you think has been the most surprising player that you've seen so far? Uh, surprise! I I could do in a good way and in a bad way. Which which Let's one would both. you like me to do? Let's do both. Let's do both. Okay. So in a bad way, let me see. Most surprising player in a bad way. I mean, it's it, so I I answered that one actually. It's Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been the most surprising player in a bad way. Uh, he's underperformed what I expected from him. Um, in a good way. Let's see, there's multiple guys. I could go with Laurie Markkinen from the Utah Jazz. I feel like he has been really good. I, I'm not a Laurie Markkinen believer. I don't think he's really that good, but he's he's had a good start for the Jazz. So he would be one that's been good. If I was going to go with anyone else, oh, James Harden. James Harden would be the answer for who surprised me in a good way. James Harden has been really good. He had 31 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists in their game against the Bucks. He also played really well against the Celtics. I think last night mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit of a not, not so great performance, but overall, James Harden, he surprised me in a good way. Interesting. Okay, so so next question here. What team has surprised you the most? So Jazz in a good way, as I mentioned. Um, in a bad way, let's see, if we go through and we kind of look here, I think that in a bad way, I mean, the Sixers are 0-3. So bad start for the Sixers. That's not what I expected. I predicted that they would be, uh, I I was thinking they'd be like the number two seed. So they haven't been so good. Um, I think additionally, uh, I think that's, I think they're really the team. I mean, personally, my Miami Heat have been a little disappointing so far. They have a one and two start. They barely scraped by and got that Raptors win. But the Heat, in a bad way, have kind of surprised me. They haven't been all that great so far. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And I feel like the Jazz with the the uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade, they got a lot of good pieces. So you're not a marketing fan, though, at all. I think it's hurt a lot, but... I know in, in the past couple of years, no, I haven't really been a believer in, in Laurie Markkinen, uh, his, his defense being a big reason why. But so far in these first two games, at least from what it seems like, he's playing a big part in those uh, Utah wins. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, well, look, through these, you know, two, three games that these teams are had have had, uh, we have a lot of great rookie play, right? A lot of great rookie play. Um, yeah. You know, we were talking about Paolo right before the podcast. What rookies have stood out to you? Yeah, so Paolo's one of them, particularly in that first game. I think he had, like, 27 points his debut. He's been playing really well. And, um, you know, he just looks like a, like, he just looks like he's a, a, he's ready to go. Like he just hops right in his first game and he's like a really good player already. Like there's, 
not a ton of, at least in that first game, it didn't seem like there was a ton of uh, growing pains. Now, uh, last night, he was, he had a little bit of more of an inefficient night, so it wasn't as good. But I think Paolo overall has been very impressive. Uh, the other one that I wanted to really point out was Ben Matherin for the Pacers. Uh, the Pacers starting off 1-2, and two, but they've been competitive um, in all three of these games. And Ben Matherin has played really well last night coming off the bench. He had 27 points on 10 of 18 shooting. So Ben Matherin playing really well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Ben Matherin really makes a run at Rookie of the Year. He could win it. He really could. I mean, I, I loved him coming out of Arizona, and I think he is a great shot uh, to contend with a Paolo or a Keegan Murray or mm-hmm. Jabari Smith, whoever else, for Rookie of the Year. Okay, interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, a lot of those guys seem to be able to... Seems like they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. You know? A lot, yeah, a lot for of sure. Um, any other NBA-related news, topics you want to discuss before we kind of move on to the NFL? You know, I think the last thing I want to talk about... And I just I just love talking about the Cavs. Like, I'm, I'm not even a Cavs fan. I just, like, really always want to talk about the Cavs. Like, because they have a super fun team. And looking at them here in these first couple games that they played, they're one and one uh, you know, they, they lost a close one to the Raptors. Darius Garland, uh, does have a minor injury. He, he went out like in the middle of that game. He didn't play in their second game, but Donovan Mitchell has played very well in both. He scored 30 plus in both games. Uh, they won the second game against the Bulls in pretty dominant fashion. I think score was 128 to 96. So really dominant win there for Cleveland. And I just really believe in this Cleveland Cavaliers team. I mean, and it's it's weird because I think the Cavaliers might be this season like the sixth best team in the East or maybe fifth, which is like, okay, you believe in the Cavs, but you're putting them as like the sixth best team in the East. So it doesn't seem like you really believe in them. But I think it's just the East has gotten so deep and there's so many good teams. And I think it's beyond just this season. I think it's really a belief in what the Cavs have built now um, in place, this structure that they now have for the next three, four, five plus years, you know? I really believe in what they have in place going forward. Maybe not immediately for this year to contend for a championship, but if we're talking two, three years from now, when Evan Mobley, um, by then, I would guess, would have, you know, evolved his offensive game. Um, When Darius Garland, you know, adds some stuff to his game. Donovan Mitchell um, maybe will be at his peak by then. You know, he's only still like 25, 26 years old, so... I think three years from now, that could be the window where maybe the Cavs are contenders. I, I just really like the structure that they have, the foundation that they have. And I just, you know, I, I think Cavs fans, as I've said multiple times, have a lot to be excited about. Yeah, no, and whenever whenever you're back in Cleveland, Trevor, we're going to have to go to some games. We're going to have to, and I'm excited. All right, let's move on here um, to the NFL. Uh, interesting last week, a uh, lot of... Very, uh, I guess you could say nice results. Um, not for some of our teams, um, but uh, for some, you know, for my team, not so much. But hey, we've seen like the Patriots now. They look real good. Um, we saw the uh, the Bills take a take a victory away from the Chiefs. Um, Eagles top the Cowboys. Um, so a lot, lot of things that have happened this past week. What are your biggest takeaways from week six in the NFL, Trevor? Yeah, so week six is the week that I finally, I watched the Patriots, and I was like, all right, we, we got something going here. We got something going here. I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too high. I don't want to get too optimistic, 
But I do like what I'm seeing from the Patriots. Obviously, they shut out the Lions last week, 29-0. I was like, all right, this is interesting. Like, they played really well. You know, Lions have a terrible defense, but they shut them out. Like, the Patriots defense was able to shut out a Lions defense that, in the weeks prior, was playing really well. You know, they were putting up points as well. So, the defense, uh, that game was the game where I was like, okay, this defense is really solid. And then last week, the offense started to put it together, I think, even more so. I mean, it was more evidence because, like, the Lions, to me, are the worst defense in the NFL. So, it's like, all right, 29 points against the Lions defense. Uh, you know, it's the Lions defense, right? And I don't think the Browns necessarily have a great defense either. I think it's certainly underachieved what most people, Browns fans, analysts, everyone, you know, everyone thought this Browns defense was going to be uh, really good, I think, um, you know, given the the roster that they have. But it's underperformed, um, and the Patriots were able to put up 38 points on them. I thought this was a really good game for the offense. Bailey Zappi obviously had a good performance, two touchdowns, 309 yards. Ramondre Stevenson had a good game. Obviously, big fan of his. I think he's going to have a, you know, the next couple of years for Ramondre are going to be really solid. So I like the Pats. They're they're doing well. Um, obviously, you know, to get to to get to the elevated tier of like some of those top teams, I, obviously they have a ways to go. There's, you know, young team there, but they're putting in the, the building blocks. And obviously Bill Belichick is still showing why he's, you know, arguably the greatest football coach of all time. You know, he's, he's showing why. Uh, other takeaways. Um, the New York Giants, um, t- talking about good coaching, the New York Giants, they have some good coaching, you know. Uh, Brian yeah, Dabo has done a phenomenal job. The Giants are 5-1 and one somehow with a roster that, you know, prior to this year, I was like, you know, the, the Giants, they're interesting, but, like, it seems like they don't have enough talent, and yet they still have managed to carve out five wins here, uh, kind of by the skin of their teeth. They're, they're always close wins, but nevertheless, they're winning, and that has something to do with uh, coaching for sure. And, uh, you know, the Giants being able to execute uh, when it matters most and find ways to win. So really impressive from the Giants. Uh, Last one, uh, the Bucks. It's bad. It's bad, Brandon. Uh, I got to admit, when you lose to the Steelers. I wonder who told you this. Who told you this? Well, you know, I like to give teams leeway, you know. If teams have a good track record, if they come in the season, strong roster, uh, they had a good season last season. I like to give teams a little leeway. So I gave the Bucks that leeway. Now they played six games. They're three and three. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we think are one of the worst teams in football. Uh, it's not good, it's you know. Not the, the offense is. I mean, they they might be the worst team. Yeah, they might be the worst team. So not a good game. Again, so much can change. It is yeah, six weeks in the season. It's a long season. We saw last year, like the Bengals, for instance, went all the way to Super Bowl. They didn't have some good season, um, you know, so things can change, but not good for the Bucks. No, no, the Bucks offense looks very, very sluggish. I would be optimistic that they can turn something around, um, for sure, because their defense is so good. Um, but I think, I think this, a lot of that relies on like Fournette not being horrendous and Brady not being like maybe being 10 years younger. I mean, so <laughs> if those things happen, then, then maybe they can turn it around. Um, but okay, I think I think that's enough of, of our takeaways in the past week. We definitely got to talk about the Christian, uh, Christian McCaffrey trade, um, which we saw with the Niners. Uh, I think this was a phenomenal trade from start to finish for everyone. Uh, obviously, the Niners get McCaffrey, and the Panthers got a huge haul back. According to the trade-like evaluation chart, they got um, the fourth picks worth of picks for Christian McCaffrey, which is very, very worth uh, the asset that they gave up with that contract. 
So I think the the Panthers, big W for them. They weren't going to win with him. They're only hindering his performance. And now the Niners uh, can move Debo around a little bit more. They don't have to put him in the backfield quite as much. And it seems like collectively everyone achieved what they wanted to achieve in this trade. I love this trade um, just so, so much. And I, I really think we, we're all winners by this, um, except everyone that has to play the Niners now. Uh, but what, what did you think about the McCaffrey trade, Trevor? Obviously, huge news that came out on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's a good trade for both teams. Obviously, the 49ers are, in a sense, in win-now mode. You know, they have this team the past two, three, four years now. They made a Super Bowl, uh, barely lost to the Chiefs a couple years ago. You know, they're in win-now mode, right? So any, you know, the picks don't really mean as much to them right now because uh, they are, they're trying to win now basically so getting Christian McCaffrey a player who has so much success at least individually um not team wise he's never been on a good team but individually the numbers he has put up uh running the ball he's been very good so I I I like to see this I like to see really good players like Christian McCaffrey on good teams I mean you can look at like baseball for example because I'm not I'm not a big baseball fan but I I think this is a good comparison look at like uh, you know, Mike Trout, who's always on like a, a terrible team, right? I think his whole career, he's been on a terrible team. I, again, I don't know baseball super well, but he's been on a terrible team, but he's always been thought of as like, oh, he's one of the best players, if not the best player in baseball. And I think for Christian McCaffrey, that's it's kind of similar in that sense. So I like to see that, you know, he's going to be on a good team and the 49ers will certainly make them uh, yeah. a better team this season. He's going season. back home too. Yeah, yeah, he's going back home. Went to college at Stanford's from that, you know, the West Coast. So Good for them. And then the Panthers, they get good draft value, obviously, out of this. The Panthers are one of the worst teams in football. We've talked about it. So good move for them as well. You know, them having Christian McCaffrey didn't really, didn't make a ton of sense for their situation. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the only game we have coming up here that I'm really, really, obviously, besides the Ravens, interested in, uh, which is Chiefs Niners at 425. Definitely a little bit of an off week, Trevor. Uh, in the NFL, uh, in terms of like a ton of really great games, we've seen a lot of great games through the first you know five six weeks of the uh, of the regular season. So, is there any other games that you're like really looking forward to? You see that and you're like, yes, need to watch that game. So I think so. I don't know. You might be surprised that I'm going to say this, but if you look at Jets Broncos, right? The Broncos, it's Broncos, the Broncos are like a comedy show. Like they're they're just like a comedy show, and they're always yeah. in close games. They they're in like I think they've been in multiple overtime games this year. Um, so I think anytime the Broncos are on, there's some intrigue there. And then they're playing the Jets, who have weirdly been like I mean they've been one of the surprises of the season. They're four and two. They've been playing pretty well. Um, so I I think this is a really interesting game. I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out. Jets Broncos. I think the best case scenario for this game is like going to overtime and ending in a tie or something. Like like just like maximum. Just give us a bunch of chaos. Give us like uh, Nate Nate Hackett like calls a bad timeout or you know uh, Zach Wilson throws uh, an interception in the in the or I don't even know if he's playing today or not, but. I think he is, but interception in the red zone from the Jets quarterback and just like maximum chaos in this game. That's what I want. Um, can't believe you selected this game. Uh, the Broncos are without Russell Wilson this week uh, due to like yeah. a hamstring injury. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're severely down. Seems like the Jets might walk away with this game. That, that's Somehow another Jets... interesting thing because could Brett, I think Brett Ripien, I think is how you pronounce the last name. Yes. Could the offense be better with him? I mean, there's no way, I right? I don't know. 
<laughs> I, you would you would I, think I, not. I know Russ has been bad. I understand that, but he's right. still Russell Wilson. You know, you would, you would think not. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Well, I'm just saying I'm watching. I'm just gonna keep a close. Trevor eye wants on. the downfall of Russell Wilson. Apparently, I, he no, wants I, I don't want it to, no, no. Uh, to start. I don't. I'm just interested uh, to see how it plays out. All right. Well, fair enough. I I just feel like this is definitely a little bit of an off week on the NFL. Doesn't mean that we aren't gonna have good games. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna be watching for the next ten hours. Uh, because all of those things will probably end up being true. Um, but look, uh, Ravens-Browns, obviously that one hits you know a little close to home. We, we know, unfortunately, way too many Browns fans. I'm sure you'll be rooting for the Browns today, Trevor. Uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, so with this game, I mean, the Browns, I mentioned earlier, their defense has just not lived up to expectations. They've not been very good. I mean, the Browns, again... On offense, it's the same story. They they rely on their running game to do everything. Their passing offense is terrible. Um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they have to carry the day. Their offensive line has to block really well um, in order for them to win. They have to control the time of possession. And, you know, I, I think it's actually kind of important for both teams to get out to an early lead, but especially for the Browns because of uh, how much they rely on their run game. For the Ravens, uh, they're three and three, and they could easily be six and zero based on you know how close uh, their losses have been. Uh, they could easily be six and zero. They're pretty clearly to me the better team. I don't think it's particularly close. But then again, AFC North matchups, you know, they usually are very eventful. They're usually pretty close. So we'll see. I don't know if it's if it's a Ravens blowout. I wouldn't say I'd be surprised. Um, and if it's like a a nail biter, I don't think I'd be surprised either. But I you know. I can't not pick the Ravens to win. I, I think the Ravens are going to win, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll pick the Ravens to win as well, but I think the uh, six-and-a-half line is a very optimistic line. I got a 24-20 game here. Um, I do think the Ravens will pull it out. They're at home. Uh, they're definitely the better team. The Browns, I really don't think, are that great of a football team. Um, their offense, to me, feels a little bit sluggish outside of Nick Chubb. Uh, the defense has been one of the worst in the league. Uh, we got Bateman back, we got Gus Edwards back, Dobbins is not playing, which is unfortunate, and a whole other slew of injuries, but in terms of total health compared to last week, it seems like a, a plus in the right direction. Um, so, look, I'm going to hope for the best. 24-20 is my prediction uh, for the Ravens to take this game. Uh, any other games you want to talk about before we kind of go over SVP bets? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, one of the things I did want to talk about just in general is, like, the teams that are under 500, right, Brandon, um, mm-hmm. that like are most likely to turn around. So if we kind of look at the standings, right, we have the Browns and the uh, the Browns and Steelers. They're two and four. You have the Jags that are under 500, the Texans, uh, the Broncos, Raiders, um, and then there's you know a slew of teams in the NFC as well uh, mm-hmm. that like could they turn around? I think the teams that I would most consider for this are the Cardinals at three and four. I think they're one of the better teams that under that is under 500. I think the let's see who else. I think they're the only team in the NFC. I think the Cardinals. Every other team in the NFC that's under 500 is just bad. Um, in the AFC, the Raiders for sure. They're one and four. Um, and I think the Jaguars. I think those are the three that I would point out. The Broncos. I, I think I'm out on the Broncos. I think I'm pretty much done with them to be honest. So I think for me, it's the Raiders, the Jags. I'll give you those three teams, Brandon. The Raiders, the Jags, and the Cardinals. Which one of those three do you think is most likely to to kind of turn their season around? 
Um, I'll say I'll say the Jags. I'll say the Jags. I think that they have the most talent uh, out of those three teams. Uh, Raiders probably being a close second. The Raiders also have a lot of talent, but the Raiders have uphill battles uh, to play. Uh, rather difficult division. Uh, the, the Jags do not have a difficult division. They're also plus 24 uh, in the plus minus, which puts them like top 13 or something in the NFL. Um, and that's at 2-4. and four. Um, So, you know, you look at a team who's like, like, let's look at the uh, the Chargers, who are 4-2. and two. You know, we would regard the Chargers as like a way better team, but the Chargers are minus 11 in the plus minus. Uh, and they have, I think, arguably a bottom five defense. Um, so I, I think... I have more faith uh, in the Jags out of the three teams you named. One team you didn't name, though, that I think could turn it around are my Detroit Lions. Right? Oh, no. I, I, we're going to talk about them in a second. This team has played better than 1-4. and four. Uh, They really have. I think that they've had a couple injuries that have been tough. We've had Amon Ross St. Brown, who's hurt. DJ Chark is out. Um, they've definitely had some more challenging injuries they face. They've lost three in a row. Um, but I believe that it'll start turning around. I, I really, really do. This week might be a little bit of a tough one against the Cowboys, but they got the Dolphins, they got Packers, Bears, Giants. All these games, they probably won't win, but they might win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know. Look, look, listen I, I don't their, see it. Listen to their later half of their schedule. All right? After that, they got, uh, they got Bills, who obviously they're not going to beat. They have the Jags, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears, and Packers. So I, I see winnable games. Like, I think they can win some of these games. Uh, the mm-hmm. question is going to be, can they put it all together um, and perform kind of how they did towards the start of the year? You know, you look at their first three games against the Eagles, Commanders, and Vikings. Uh, they lost by three points. They won by nine. Uh, and they lost by four points. And the Seahawks, they lost by three points in a shootout. Um, so I, I feel like they've played, like, semi-decent teams, kind of, a little bit. Look, I just have a lot of faith in the Lions, <laughs> and I think they're going to do better. All right. Yeah. But look, little segue from my Lions. Let's get into SPP bets. Uh, one of the bets, Trevor, between me and you, of course, is Lions and Panthers. Who's going to win more games? Uh, I feel with almost 100% certainty I'm going to pass this one out. I think I will win this bet. Uh, the Panthers have completely crumbled in two weeks from being one of the worst teams in the NFL to probably the worst team in the NFL, firing their coach, getting rid of... Very important assets uh, to their team. It does not seem like they want to win football games, um, which is what the bet is about. Um, they are 1-5. in five. They statistically have the worst record in the league. Obviously, that is probably going to change here after the games today. Um, but 1-5, in five, really, really, really terrible, Trevor. How are you feeling about your bet? Now, granted, the, pan- the Lions are 1-4, and four, so it's not much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel good at all because the Panthers are basically, you know, they're the closest thing to tanking that we have in the NFL now because they just traded Christian McCaffrey. You know, they're Baker. I mean, not that Baker was playing well, but he's he's not playing currently. Their team is a mess. Their offense, they can't do anything. Um, I guess their defense isn't one of the worst defense. Like it's it's okay, I guess, but the team sucks. They they just suck. So no, I don't feel good about it. Um, but I don't think the Lions are very good either. Um, but here's but the thing is, like after watching the Panthers, I don't know if they're gonna win. Like they might not win any more games. I mean, that's a stretch in the NFL. They maybe they'll they'll probably manage to win one or two more. But if we're talking about the Panthers finishing at three and fourteen, which is uh, a pretty likely record for them, I mean the Lions only need three more wins, uh, which is you know relatively manageable. They've looked better than the. Panthers because mm-hmm. they can at least move the ball um, or at least the first few weeks they could certainly move the ball so 
because of that, yeah, the Lions are better. So I have an interesting trivia question for you, Trevor. Who has allowed more points, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Carolina Panthers? Without looking at anything, I don't know what you have up. Oh, um, so <laughs> I may have just I may have just looked at it. Um, <laughs> I would I mean based on the way you asked that question, I I probably would have said the Chiefs have allowed more, but. Um, I, I saw, I see it now. It's, uh, the Chiefs have allowed more <laughs> by three. It's like basically the same, but yeah, it's not, it's not super surprising. I mean, the Panthers are in a lot of low scoring games. Um, you know, the team that they play only scores, you know, maybe 17 to 20, like 20 ish points a game, but the Panthers only score like six points a game. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> or eight, 10 points a game. So obviously they have, their offense is very, it's just atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, next bet, uh, you and Ben have more touchdowns, Burrow or Brady, um, and Burrow is kind of demolishing this one. It is a 12-8, to eight, uh, 12 Burrow, 8 to Brady. So, Trevor, not looking too good for you there either. It looks like you're going to be 0-2 uh, on those, and our group bet, you're, you don't have high hopes either. Um, between me and Ben, we have Josh Allen versus uh, Justin Herbert. Herbert's had a good year, not a great year, and he's definitely... Uh, he's definitely taking a little bit of a downturn in touchdowns, um, which is kind of what he's more known for. Uh, Josh Allen at 17, Herbert at 10. Uh, so Ben's kind of beating me up there. Um, and then what else do we have? Yeah, I, oh, and then our group bet, of course. Um, the group bet um, we have is the average points. Um, I selected, or average points amongst the entire league. So I selected 22.9 as the average points, Trevor, you selected 22.4, and Ben selected 22.2. So where do you think the points, do you think uh, they are, they are, where do you think they are right now, if you had to guess? Um, you can say you can say lower or higher than your guess. We'll, we'll do that. That'll make it a little bit easier. Before right. Before they were lower. So they were, they were lower slightly. It was on Ben's side last week. I mean, Thursday night was a high-scoring game, so that's just, again, that's just one game. I just know that one was super high-scoring. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think maybe it's went up a little bit, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not currently looking at all the scores from last week, but I think maybe it went up a little bit, I guess. Um, okay, so it didn't go up much. It is now 21.8. Okay. Um, I think that's the same it was. And, or yeah, it, might, it might be the exact same, which means Ben is still taking this. So Ben is going to be three for three as things currently sit. Um, so Ben, as you're listening to this, props to you. Um, okay, I think yeah. that's kind of it for today. Anything else that you wanted to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, so last thing, just our cross-off for the week. Uh, we did our last, uh, last week we did four. Uh, we crossed off the Steelers, the Texans, the Panthers, and the Bears. And this week, I mean... They didn't play, but I, I think we kind of have an agreement here. You know, we were looking at Washington as a team last week. That's the team I wanted to cross off last week. Um, and I think now I think now you're in agreement that Washington should probably be the next cross off, right? Yeah, let's get Washington out of there. Uh Washington's they're they're out. Uh the Commanders are not a good football team at all. Uh especially now with Heineke playing. Um and when I say that I, I, I personally don't like Heineke. Uh, but I, I don't think he's much better than Wentz, uh, if any, so it's not like they're going up with, with Heineke, and the Commanders are just a dumpster fire over there, so not looking too good for them. They, they, I think, are, are easily the fifth worst team, um, on, on the board here. Uh, so, yeah, any, anything else you want to mention? 
No, I think that's about it. I mean, we got another week. This week's not quite, again, the games aren't quite as interesting. Some of the right. team, like we have the Eagles, I think, are on by. Um, or not the Eagles, but we have, you know, it's just not quite as, I think it is the Eagles, not quite as good of a week. But nevertheless, um, NFL Sunday is always uh, a great Sunday. Yeah, we actually have, we have four more high-level teams on buys this week. Bills, Rams, Vikings, Eagles. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a slower week. Um, okay, but I think we'll wrap up the podcast there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Of course, go check out um, our website now. Um, we, we have a full website. We, we've actually posted our first article. Trevor, why don't you give a little synopsis about what your first article was about? Yeah, so I was ranking the top 25 players uh, entering this coming season. So, you know, some interesting stuff. Uh, notably, I excluded James Harden from my list. Um, and he has come out of the gate. Don't give playing. away too much. We want people to go read it. <laughs> That's true. Playing pretty well. He might but... have James Harden on. Who knows? Yeah. Got to go check it out. <laughs> but yeah, nevertheless, just, you know, just we're a little thing about top 25 players. I, obviously, I love rankings. We all love rankings on this podcast. Of course. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, the most, the biggest reason I want everyone to go check this out is I think Trevor, I've spent an extraordinarily large amount of time making sure this website looks perfect. So please go check it out, just for my sake, so I don't go insane. Um, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed. Uh, we'll have another A team coming out uh, this Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. And of course, we'll be back next Sunday to recap the whole week in sports, uh, which will be just wonderful. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!